0: Hey podcast family, welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. This week we're going to be talking with you all, along with a licensed therapist, about how to instill generosity in kids this holiday season. But before we do, Tara, let's revisit last week's episode where our kids took over the microphone right. and said some things Yes, that they should be really... Really grateful to see December. Uh,
1: I agree. If if anything shows up under the tree, they'll be lucky.
0: Yeah. So what surprised you the most about what your son Gage said about you during last week's podcast episode? Uh, uh,
1: I guess the most surprising I was definitely surprised to find out that he likes my burgers so much. Burgers. She makes excellent burgers. And clearly wants the Miracle Whip sponsorship in his life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I really I was I loved that he shared that he loves our big. Because I don't always know If he likes our trips But it's nice that it seems like he does Yeah,
0: and what was it about Listening to Gage Talk about how he feels Having you as a mom Made you the most proud I,
1: I... I love he. It was really sweet that he said, "You know, I'm the best mom in existence," which is a little superlative, but that's okay. But I like that you know he made the comment about you know she punishes me, but not super bad. So I feel like I'm fair and even keeled. I, I sort of implied things from that, so I feel good about that because I feel like I get onto him a lot. And the fact that he couldn't think of one thing that I get mad about was like, oh, maybe he's not even listening when I get upset. <laughs> Either that, or you're totally winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say that he's not really. He's upset. not really. like He just. He just doesn't even he thinks I'm fine all the time which was nice it made me feel good
0: yeah it should he did a great job so how about what roman had to say about you kaji she thinks Ooh. she's funny and laughs at her own jokes when nobody else <laughs> is laughing at all it surprised me the most about how much my 11 year old son sounded just like me I think yeah. if I closed my eyes and he went up an octave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she thinks Ooh. she's funny and laughs at her own jokes when nobody else is laughing at all. It really would have been him parroting a lot of what I've said. Yeah. But what surprised me the most was that he doesn't think I'm funny. <laughs> Because everyone knows, and especially you listeners out there, you know, I'm probably the funniest person that you've ever heard. I mean, right?
1: clearly. Yes, clearly. Yes, obviously. You crack me up every every week.
0: Every single <laughs> week. To our <laughs> podcast producer's chagrin. Yes. He was like, why is she always laughing? Right. I said, she's always laughing because I'm funny. Hilarious. But to think that my own flesh and blood, my child, uh-huh. he, who I gave birth to naturally, yep, doesn't find the humor in anything I say. Yeah. Question:
1: Can you say yes so you don't hurt
2: her feelings?
0: No, because comedy it made me cry a
1: little <laughs> oh. bit. I was, I was taken aback by his. Uh, he laid that down and he stood by it. I was like, wow. Stood oh, firm. Okay. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so our intern Teva,
2: she's great moments. Come on, Roman, she's moments. Som- yeah, sometimes. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll add a, a sometimes in there. I think that's
0: fair. Tried to get him to back off of what he said. Right. And he didn't. Nope. He stood his ground. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. But that just is about who he is. And that's his personality. Mm-hmm. So Roman is my justice fighter. Mm-hmm. He is into fairness. And he is completely into always trying to do the right thing and say the right thing, even if he knows it's going to get him in trouble right. when his mom listens to the podcast. But the one thing he said towards the end of the episode, about things that he wants. It's something that I've been struggling with. And this goes to what we're talking about today. He said that he wanted me to give him money. And he wanted certain things. And he wants to buy things. One of the things that I've been struggling with, and and, and one of the issues that I have, is trying to teach my only child Mm -hmm. how to be generous and how to share. Right. You know, coming from a family where we didn't have a lot, and that which we had, we shared among many people. Yeah. It's hard to have this only child who is living a middle-class existence teaching him how to share and teaching him that he's not the center of the universe.
1: I agree. It is hard. My husband and I both have had a lot of conversations about that with Gage. I mean, because he does get most, you know, things that he wants because we can. He's our only one and we don't have to split it up a lot. And it's, it's hard, like, wanting to do for him because, like you said, we didn't have a lot growing up, but also wanting him to understand that Not everybody has it like this and and it's good to like look beyond yourself.
0: Right. And so today what we are going to do is bring in a friend of ours, a licensed therapist, to talk with us a little bit about how we can instill generosity in kids and kindness and what that looks like and how it's changed in 2020. You know, there are some family situations and dynamics that have changed a lot this year. Mm -hmm. People's financial situations have changed. Our health situations have changed. And we want to bring in a voice to our conversation to talk a little bit about what that's like, how we can instill kindness and generosity and kind of get rid of that selfishness that kids naturally have right and put that on the back burner right right right. so we are going to welcome vanessa sanford to our conversation hey vanessa this is
2: kanji thank you so much for having me i'm happy to be here
0: thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast tara I don't know if you've met Vanessa before, but she is a neighbor of mine, literally and figuratively, (laughs) and is a licensed therapist here in the North Texas area. Awesome. No, we haven't met, but I'm looking forward to the day. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your background, Vanessa, and then we want to dive right in to our topic today about generosity. So you are a bilingual therapist, and you have been named a Texas Mental Health Professional of the Year for Child Advocacy Center of Texas. In addition to being a licensed therapist, you are a certified yoga instructor, an avid reader, and of course, a huge fan of this podcast. And you crossed our path because you are actively involved in the nonprofit that Tara and I are on the leadership team of. So thank you again, Vanessa, for your voice, for agreeing to appear. And we want to take a deep dive into how we as parents and as mothers can teach our kids to be generous. What advice can you share with us?
2: Well, I wish you could hear me smiling. So I'm excited to have this conversation. And honestly, I think about generosity in a really big way. And I don't think generosity is going to work on its own. I think it needs family members and team members and neighbors. It's a collective practice for generosity to be authentic rather than what can be really common, especially in the holiday season, for it to feel a little bit more performative. Like, oh, it's the holiday season. I need to check that off and be kind to somebody. Okay, I did it. Cool. right? So generosity to me has these team members, family members, neighbors collectively. And I think about generosity with curiosity, with boundaries, compassion. Empathy is a about as twin of a sibling as generosity can get. I mean, empathy really, really is important for generosity. And there's many others, and it really depends on your dynamic and family and what you want generosity to look like. It's a big spectrum. So I just want to name that generosity. It needs to stand with others instead of standing on its own. And then just really quickly, something that I learned from Brene Brown. So I'm Certified in her research, I love Brene Brown. And real quick, Vanessa, yeah, I, I do too. I
1: <laughs> told I don't Kanji when I got here. I read your bio, and I was like, oh my god, she's certified in the daring way. I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> yes, I. Lo- it has changed my life. She's so amazing, and I'm, I think of Brene as my librarian because she always tells me what other books to read. And I just I feel uh, I, I love reading. Kanji knows this about me. But Brene teaches something that she's learned in her research of who are the most wholehearted people, who are the most compassionate people. And she came up with an acronym called BIG. And so I can't help but think of the notorious BIG, but for this podcast, it's a different notorious BIG. And the B Mm -hmm. (laughs) is for boundaries, the I is for integrity, and the G is for generosity. And so she has this statement of... What boundaries do I need to have in place to stand in my integrity so that I can be generous with others?
0: So can we break that down, Vanessa? Let's talk about boundaries. Mm -hmm. Kids don't really have any. (laughs) We know that because they will bust in on the bathroom. You know, it's like, mama,
1: your space is my space. Your space space is my space from the minute
0: they come out of the womb, right? right? (laughs) So how can we start to teach our kids about boundaries?
2: Well, I think kids actually have boundaries. I, I think that it's just a one-way road. They're really good at protecting what they want to do. They're just right. not great at respecting ours. There you go. That's exactly right. <laughs> so I, I think that's part of our work as parents and not necessarily something that we just pour into the kids. They have to see us practicing boundaries. Right. Mm. They have to see us say no. And one of the things I've learned about boundaries, it's it's hard to set a boundary it's the most important part to hold a boundary. Yeah, We we can say, no, it's not okay. And then we fatigue out after they push and then we're like, fine, whatever. And so that they learn that if they just push a little, then they can get it. Or unfortunately, if they see us fatigue out after holding it for a little bit and not hold on, then that's what they are role model. And that's what happens to them with their friendships. If, If they're saying no, And then somebody's pushing them and they have seen us fatigue out and they fatigue out. And so boundaries are, man, that's medicine. It is medicine. It's my favorite. I love boundaries.
1: And how does that lead? I love how you led it into, or I guess Brene did, right? Holding a Mm -hmm. boundary so that
2: you can stand in your integrity. What does that look like? So if I am um, standing in my integrity, boundaries help me hold on to it. Okay. Okay. So if I'm a people pleaser and I am so interested in just making sure that I'm liked and making sure that I say yes all the time, people seeing me be kind and you know I'm instagramming w- where I'm donating, sometimes that can feel a bit performative and and what's underneath a lot of us that people please is a lot of resentment. Mm. Mm a lot. Yeah. Um. We swim in it. So if we're talking about a deep dive, without our boundaries and integrity, we are swimming in resentment.
0: And I think that when you talk about the performative nature of generosity, especially in this giving season, yeah. it does tend to seem that some people are giving so that they will receive the accolades and the recognition of right. being donors or being a part of something. Right. Whereas I know that Tara and I and, and you too with with your young daughter, we want to teach our kids that the gift is giving, right. Mm-hmm. You are giving more by giving. So how can we kind of take the integrity part of it, yeah and 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 use that to model generosity and authenticity?
2: Well, one of my favorite understandings about integrity is doing the hard and right thing over the easy, fast thing. So honestly, when I think about the question of generosity and and how it somehow ties to this holiday season, I really want to just pull it out of the holiday season and pull it back into ordinary everyday moments, yeah, so that it's not just a okay, it's holiday shiny moment to perform. It's everyday moments. and I love ordinary so and 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 and, you know, something that my family has done for a long time because I don't know about you guys, but One of my biggest pet peeves is shopping carts out in the parking lot (laughs) spread out all over. I can't handle it. And so my when my son was younger and now my daughter, we will get out of the car and we will just load up shopping carts and we will push them in together. And it's really fun. And that's just an ordinary moment of kindness and generosity. I, I just find that that the shopping carts out all over is just an a easy practice to lean into generosity right there. And it's not performative. We're not telling anybody. We're not taking pictures. We're not making sure people see us. We're just giggling and laughing, high-fiving each other and carrying on our in our day, just a little moment.
1: Well, and what I love about that story is, and maybe that's kind of the key to it, right, is instead of sitting your kids down and going, we're going to be generous today by pushing everybody's carts back. You're like, hey, let's go push these carts back. And it's just the right thing to do. That's it. It's not that they've put this label on it like, oh, I was generous today because I did this thing.
2: Yeah. I love that. I'm not a big fan of like big serious sit down talks. I don't know about you, but if somebody asks to talk to me, I always think I'm in trouble. Yeah, (laughs) right. And then I'm waiting for the line where I am in trouble. So I'm just like waiting. And so sometimes when people talk to me, they have to start with, you're not in trouble for me to really listen. Yeah. And I feel kids do the same thing. So I just love sprinkling in education, just in the car, at the store, at home, in the morning. And it's not like you have this pressure of always being teacher, but it's what are they seeing us do? Are we just generous because we're parents and we have to show our kids or do we really want to be generous?
1: Wow, that's a really good point. I uh, I was thinking while you're speaking to you know some of the things that I know I do when I'm out with Gage just like if I see trash on the ground, I pick it up. It's just been instilled in me. It wasn't anybody told me I needed to do that. It's just something I do or mm-hmm. I've pushed cards back or, you know, if somebody drops something, I'll pick it up and hand it to them. And I just, you know, I think Mm -hmm. what you're getting, what your point is, is just those little things. When you just do the right thing in the moment, our kids pick up on that.
2: It's true. And I I just want to thread in a little just to broaden it a little bit. So, I think of the word generosity and all the other words that may, you know, team up with it. But I think of being an ally is generous, mm-hmm. being an advocate is generous, being a friend, being a neighbor, being an upstander, not walking past somebody in the grocery store whose kid's melting down and judging, going, oh, my God, that parent sucks. It's saying, hey, I get it. I'm here if you need. Do you want me to carry your baby while you get this? Like it, leaning in in these little moments. And honestly, the biggest piece of all that we're talking about is being vulnerable. yeah. Being willing to show up and be awkward and messy in it and not having it look so polished, but just trying.
0: I've struggled a little bit because Roman is an only child. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I came from situations where we grew up, we didn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. And we knew what it was like to go to bed hungry. And we knew what it was like to not have enough or to wonder when we would have enough. And our parents did the best that they could. We're in a position where we're able to do a little bit more Mm -hmm. than our parents could. And I feel as though I may be crippling our son because of it, because I think that I have not done as good a job of showing him and instilling him a, a generous heart, a heart of giving like we've been in situations where. We've been at Starbucks and I've paid for the person behind us. And he's like, mommy, why are you doing that? <laughs> you don't know those people. And I said, well, it's because it's the right thing to do. And he's like, well, that's money that can be going to me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the pushback I get. How can we as parents either should I have started younger with him? Um, is there a different way that I could have approached this so he wouldn't think it's abnormal when we do things that are yeah.
2: modeling generous? Is,
1: is it a boundary issue? I don't know.
2: I I love this, and two things come up for me. One is, you know, I don't find it helpful to just. Well, I'll just say this. Uh, One of the things I've learned about regret is that it's a really fair and hard teacher. It teaches us in some place that we maybe have failed in some in some courage or empathy or kindness. But you know, it's not like that tattoo on that guy's chest from the Millers that say "No Regrets." It's really just. (laughs) listening and getting wisdom from that. But you know, what I don't find helpful is to say I didn't do enough. And you have y'all both have that hashtag. What's the hashtag? Doing the best we can. That's it. We're doing the best we can. And there are moments that you're going to not be kind to a, a stranger, but you're going to be kinder to yourself or to your right. family member or, you know, that you have to define what is a generous um moment. And the other thing is when our kids say, "Well, if that money's not going to me and it's going to somebody behind us that we don't even know," I love this, and I learned this from Elizabeth Gilbert, and she just talks about, "Look, you are really important, but so is everybody else." Mm. Oh wow, I love that. Who is Elizabeth Gilbert? She is an author. She wrote
0: Eat, Pray, Eat, Love. Pray, love. Mm-hmm. Yes, another book I've never read. Yes, it's like is one. that the movie with Julia Roberts? Yes, it is. It is. that's correct. Yes. Okay, yes. Right. Yeah. see. And Tara is smiling. She is grinning from ear to ear. When you bring up movies around Tara, let me tell you something. No,
1: hey, no, I know her from the books because she wrote Eat, Pray, mm-hmm. Love, but she yes. also did um, Big Magic. Yes,
2: my favorite. And City of Girls. Yes, yes. And Signature of All Things. I haven't read that one. I'll have to oh. check that one out. I heard Gilbert
0: and I was thinking about that uh the girl from Little House on the Prairie. Uh, Melissa. Melissa Gilbert.
1: <laughs> no, relation. So, no relation. No relation. So, no relation. I'm
0: gonna bow out of this section of the conversation and let <laughs> you two ladies about our favorite <laughs> authors but talk love. about Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown. I'm bowing out and keep talking about what Elizabeth Gilbert said because those are some wise words. Go I ahead. do
1: love that. I, I uh I remember her saying that on, um, maybe on her Instagram, she mentioned Mm -hmm. it, you know, that yes,
2: you are important, but so is everybody else. And that's what I think lifts up generosity, because one of my big concerns, so I've been training CASA volunteers for a long time. And if y'all don't know what CASA is, it's court appointed special advocates that help be a bridge between families in court when there's some abuse history in the family. And one of the things that I teach them because they're volunteers, they're showing up and offering labor out of their heart. But I just I'm really clear on what it is to be a volunteer. It doesn't mean that you are better than the person you're serving. Mm -hmm. I just I'm not a fan of generosity with pity generosity with sympathy, generosity with, oh, I'm better off. And so let me help you, poor thing. Right. Because if you've been a recipient of that, where somebody just feels so much more superior than you, and they're on a holiday Instagramming moment for themselves to look good, and they want you to smile while they're while they're handing you something, that's still centering them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if we're going to be generous, we have to look at somebody, no matter the disparity or differences in our lives and our stories, and look at them as a worthy person and say, you are in the center of my serving versus me being in the center showing off.
1: Man, those are all, those are all good ways to dive into generosity as a broad topic and just break it down into you know, different things to consider as you're showing it to your children, as you're modeling it for your kids.
0: Absolutely. Is there a way that we could break it down a little bit more and maybe break it down by age group? Like for um, parents of smaller kids, what are some things, a couple of tips that we can offer to them on how to instill generosity and empathy in kids?
2: Absolutely. And and let me just share this. It's, it's a tiny story, but I, I feel like it relates to all of us. So a long time ago, When I went to the mall, I don't know if y'all go to the mall anymore, but (laughs) we go nowhere. We go nowhere. nowhere. A long, long time ago when the mall was available. Um, So I I remember, um, you know, generosity is a really important value for me. And so (laughs) I have attached for a long time that if I'm generous to somebody, they need to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's unfortunate because one day when I was going to the mall, I was opening the door first. There was somebody coming out and I thought, oh, I'll just open the door and let this person pass me and go first and then I'll go in. And thinking I had this whole story in my head that this person was going to walk by and thank me. And they walked by and lifted their chin up and just walked out like, yeah, you should open the door for me is the way that I interpreted the chin up. Yeah, And I was so mad. I was like, how dare you not appreciate me opening the door for you? And then I caught myself and I was like, wait, did I do it for her to say thank you? Or did I do it because it was the right thing to do? And so that's what I try to teach my kids. And then even with the clients that I serve is, why are you being generous? Are you being generous because you want to be pleasing and look good? Or do you want to do it because it's the right thing to do? Are you attaching expectations to it? And so when we think about it for age groups, I just think about what would a kid and kids, let me tell you, they are so generous and kind and funny to their pets. <laughs> so true. you yes. and I were both as you were saying this, and it's we are both in each
1: other like, are they though? <laughs> but your little your little finish tied it together nicely. Yes.
0: <laughs> Two pets. That is pets. so accurate. So, true. so accurate. <laughs>
2: And honestly, if we have any leaders in our world of generosity, it would be dogs. They oh. are just the best because, and they're, and if you think about that B.I.G. I mentioned earlier, boundaries, integrity, generosity, <laughs> dogs are it. They are real clear when they're tired and they will flop down. They're like, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go to take a nap now. I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat now. I need to play with you and pay attention to you and you're sad and I need to snuggle. With. I mean, they're just so clear on what they want to do and it comes from a good heart. And so that's what I think about is paying attention to where you're seeing your senior kids already lean into moments of generosity versus pushing them to make it in the way that you think of generosity. Kids can be really tender. Like if you ever are with a toddler, I also think they're little puppies because they're so funny, but just walking with them, they take, Forever to walk anywhere. Right. But they're so enamored by nature and ladybugs and things that we just don't feel as cool. And so sometimes it's getting on their level and just calming down and appreciating at their level that that's generous. Because think about it if they're enjoying something and we're like, but you're not being generous to me, how are they learning to be generous? Right. If it's still about the way you want it to be. So just little moments like that. I love. My daughter and I are in Girl Scouts, and so that's a community-based way to practice generosity and to serve. And then one of the things that my daughter and I did a long time ago, it's a company called Little Loving Hands, and it's a subscription box like KiwiCo. And each month, there is a specific, a different charity, and it's an art um, activity that you and your kiddos can create, and then you mail it to that specific charity. And then they learn about different um, organizations. And so it's just educating them as well. That's a really fun way.
1: I love that. Gage does KiwiCo. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to look into that little loving
2: hands. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's really fun.
0: Thank you. And what about older kids? So Tara's son is 10 and my son is 11. What advice would you offer to us and other moms who have kids in our age group?
2: Yeah, I I think You know, even thinking about my daughter, who is a fifth grader, one of the things that they start at her school, I believe it starts in second or third grade, is you become a reader or a listener to a younger reader. And so they practice that, you know, being a good role model. And so finding ways for kids to be leaders and connecting with younger kids, connecting with kids of different abilities, connecting in a way that they can show some leadership skills. When I think about generosity for older kids, I think about instilling leadership skills. One of my favorite books, shocker, I'm bringing up a book already, Mm -hmm. is Abby Wambach's Wolfpack. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of her book. Yes. Abby is, her book is so good. But she's really good at the generosity and leadership skills for kids and for teams. So I would recommend that for older kids on picking up on some of her strategies.
0: And I'm pretty sure that Tara is going to pick up that book. Yeah, well, yes, yes of, course, of I course I am. She I will. actually
1: have it on my Kindle. I just haven't read it
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't read books. I love poetry uh, and okay. poems. Yes. And I connected with you, Vanessa, because mm-hmm. we both share a love for Persian poets. And I think that the quote that you have outside of your practice by the poet Hafiz Mm -hmm. is so appropriate to end our conversation
2: today. Do you mind sharing it with us? So it says, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky.
0: And I hope that we can just teach our kids to shine brightly like the sun and realize that when we give, the gift is in the giving, yeah, And not in receiving. And so thank you so much for shining that light on this issue today with us, Vanessa. We truly appreciate it.
2: Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much, Vanessa, for joining us. That was an amazing conversation. I, I got a lot out of it. So Vanessa, obviously you're a licensed therapist and these are tough times and people might be looking for someone to help them. Do you do virtual sessions? If so, can they find you online?
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, I do lots of virtual sessions and I meet with people all over the country, which has been one of the most inclusive plot twists of telehealth that I've never had to do before this pandemic. So, yes, and my website is really old. I am not on social media at all. I'm a a little of a rare person for that. So, um, I have a website that I created in 2009, and it is sanfordsupportsystem.com, and you can reach me there.
0: And we will include a link to that in our show notes.
1: Absolutely. That way people can find you. Thank you so much, Vanessa.
0: And before we wrap up and let you go, we have a couple of rapid fire questions for you just to end this conversation. And we would love to have you back to talk about some other issues, because Lord knows Tara and I have a lot of issues.
1: <laughs> we have a lot of issues. Yeah, but Clearly, Vanessa, you and I have a lot in common. We've we've been reading all the same people. So you're welcome back anytime.
0: <laughs> yes, Thank you. Make me feel it. left out. But here we are. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Your favorite Notorious
2: B.I.G. song. Oh... No, don't do that to me. <laughs> um what am I gonna say? Hypnotizer Big Papa.
0: Okay. Yeah. My last question for you is what book or books are you currently reading right now that you would recommend to one of our listeners?
2: Thank you for saying plural books. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend, so I'm reading Burnout right now. It's twin sisters Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And I just think that's a very appropriate word for 2020 is burnout. And then I'm reading Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Such an amazing book and a really important book right now. Well, always. And then I just finished Juliet Takes a Breath. Gabby Rivera is the author and she is the first Latinx to create a Marvel character which is really neat. And then um, I'll wrap up after this one because I love books. I just finished Cassandra Speaks by Elizabeth Lesser. And she talks about when women share stories, we change the whole world. So it's a quite amazing book.
0: And Tara is writing all of this down because her <laughs> Kindle is going to be full after this. For sure. Two of those I have and two of them I don't. So i got, I'll get two to add. <laughs> she, does. <laughs> she does, Vanessa, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this week. It has been so amazing to hear your voice and your wisdom, and we appreciate you taking the time and making the space.
2: It was an honor. Always happy to talk to you. Thank you for having me.
0: I need to do a better job of reminding my son of something that Vanessa said. What I'm going to take away from this conversation is what Elizabeth Gilbert said. I need to make sure my son realizes that he is important, but so is everybody else.
1: So is everybody else. I think one of the things I took away from that too was recognizing when Gage is being generous as opposed to forcing generosity on him. Like we're going to do this thing because that makes you generous. Mm -hmm. Like to instead pay attention to how he's being generous in his day to day and, and, you know, compliment that and push that forward Mm -hmm. as a as an accolade for him.
0: Right. Because we've talked about how we take our kids um, to do different activities. Right. And, practice generosity with Meals on Wheels program, or Roman and I volunteer with the birthday party project here where we throw birthday parties for children who live in homeless shelters. Mm -hmm. And I know that you engage also do. Yeah, we
1: we donate to Hope Supply around this time, we put together hygiene boxes for the homeless teenagers. And then we, you know, we adopt kids at his school whose families are having hard times that we get Christmas presents for them and make sure they get you know, some presents under the tree, just like everybody else. So we do that step. I mean, we do other stuff during the year. But the holidays, we have a couple extra little service projects we
0: participate in. I think that what I will take away from this is to make sure that I'm committed to doing it more than just a couple of times a yes, year, you know, yes. and to make sure that I am modeling a generous spirit in everything I do or try to do that. And I felt so seen when she was talking about holding the door open. Yeah at them all because get in the face the other day I was I was out driving and I stopped so people could jaywalk in front of my car Mm. and as they were jaywalking in front of my car they were just lollygagging across the street I'm kind of like (laughs) yo knees to chest I'm stopping my car I need y'all to run and hustle and then wave at me and thank me but I realized okay that's what I'm doing wrong right I I need to be generous for the art of being generous and in the act of being generous, not for myself. The expectation. Expectation. Yeah. Yeah, Very good. Thank you for that. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: So as we get ready to wrap it up, we were talking about Brene Brown and her living Mm B.I.G. Let me ask you, as we end this, Mm -hmm. taking back to 90s hip hop, Mm -hmm. what's your favorite Biggie Small song, Notorious B.I.G.?
1: It would be a toss-up between Hypnotize and Who Shot ya. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that old school style. Yeah.
0: What about you? It's going to be Hypnotize. Oh, yeah. But Biggie Smalls came out when I was a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. And so let me tell you, mm-hmm. his music is just like the soundtrack of my 20s. Yeah. So shout out to East Coast Hip Hop and and Biggie Smalls. He just... Who memories? He did that, man. Yes, he he
1: really did. I've come to really appreciate him even more as I've gotten older.
0: Sadly, my child can't (laughs) because wait, still too explicit (laughs) for him. So one day, maybe when Romans can really share, (laughs) we can really share. (laughs) I tried to share Tupac with him, and I forgot it was not the clean version. I was like, oh, (laughs) my bad.
1: Funny story on that. I picked up Gage from school today, and Kalis was on, and he's like. uh, what's the milkshake, mom? Why are they coming to her yard? And I had to explain that she was dancing. That's why. (laughs) This is why I need to start changing my soundtrack when my son's in the
0: car. The last little story about dancing a couple years ago when uh, Cardi B came out. Uh, Rome was asking about her and he 's like, "What did she used to do?" I said, "Oh, she was a dancer, and he was like, "You mean ballet <laughs> like, that's correct no. <laughs> <laughs> She was not twirling them pas de deux. so with that being said, podcast family we 're going to wrap up this episode, and we thank you for listening and we thank therapist Vanessa Sanford for joining the conversation and joining our family.
1: Yeah, thank you guys, as always, joining us each week. We love having you with us. It would really, really do us a favor if you wouldn't mind hitting rate and subscribe on wherever you're listening, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, leaving us reviews. We read those every week and we'd love to see more of them. So thank you so much for communicating with us and reaching out. We love talking to you, each of you.
0: We're super excited that we've made it to the last month of 2020 together. And we are excited that we will be back. Same time, same time same place next week be good to yourself be good to your family and all of your loved ones take good care tev do you have any questions
2: Uh, comment i am also reading juliet takes a breath yes (laughs) yes yes Yes! (laughs) where are you where are you tev in the book where are you in the book this is a
1: great question I, so I read, like, three pages every night before bed, so I'm really into going through. Uh, but yes. she
2: is looking <laughs> – she was figuring out Polly Amory and her girl oh, yeah. being a jerk. I'm yes. so
1: not a fan. I know.
2: I know. <laughs> I'm like, you know. <laughs> when you're done, call me so we can okay, talk we'll about do. the book. It's okay. such a – oh, yeah. It's good. I would actually but, love that. Podcast book club. I'm telling
1: <laughs> you. I'm <you're> ready. <laughs> okay, right, Vanessa, Vanessa, we're, we're going to let you go. Thank you.